We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. Ben, how are you? We are still here with Mr. Colin O'Brady. How are you guys doing? Great. Great to be back. Awesome. Good. <laughs> Colin, uh, for those folks who didn't listen to last week's, I recommend uh, you go back, listen to last week's, last week's episode uh, where we talk uh, to Colin about his experience as an explorer, as a 10-time world record-breaking explorer, in fact. Um, he is also the author of the book, The Impossible First, and the new book, The 12-Hour Walk, which we are going to specifically dive into uh, uh, today. And I'm excited to do that. Um, the, the basic premise of the 12 hour walk as the, as the title suggests is, uh, to go out and take Drum a 12 roll, hour please. Walk. It is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is not a secret. <laughs> Self-explanatory. Um, I, yeah, exactly. It's a good, great title. It says exactly what it is. Um, I want to start with a question or it's really the question at the heart of the book. And I'd love for you to just explain it a little bit and it'll get us into the conversation about the walk itself. Um, and the question at the heart of the book is that you ask readers is what is your personal Everest? So can you just unpack that a little bit? What does that mean? Why is that question important? And how did that or how does that question uh, launch this idea of a 12 hour walk? Yeah, look, you know, I think that <clears throat> I love asking that question. I started asking that question. I first time I climbed Mount Everest was in 2016 when I was uh, completing a, a world record on something called the Explorer's Grand Slam. So climb the tallest mountain each of the seven continents, go to North and South Pole. And I had just recently at that moment um, launched my nonprofit. My wife and I were doing a bunch of work in schools. And my wife actually started asking on social media when I was climbing Everest, these school kids are following along. Colin's climbing Mount Everest, but what's your Everest? It's a very simple and easy metaphor that even a six, seven, eight, nine year old can wrap their mind around. And after the completion of that exhibition, I spent a bunch of time in person in schools and I started asking students this in big gymnasiums. What's amazing about kids is I ask 500 kids in a gymnasium, what's your Everest? Without hesitation, they understand the metaphor and 500 hands shoot up in the air. And they go, mm -hmm. you know, my Mount Everest is to be the first person in my family to graduate from college. Or my Mount Everest to make sure the snow leopards are off the endangered species list. Or whatever sort of excited version of that coming from a child's mind. And I started asking that question to high school kids. Few, fewer hands went up. Then college kids, fewer mm -hmm. hands still. Middle management at corporate engagements when I do speaking engagements. I'd be lucky if I got two hands at the back of the room lifted up. I started thinking, like, what's going on here? Now, another core uh, principle of the 12-hour walk is this concept that I call a possible mindset that I yeah. define as um, an empowered way of thinking that unlocks a life of limitless possibilities. And the book at its core, the 12-hour walk, the exercise, which I know we're going to talk about, is ultimately about people unlocking this ability inside of themselves, this belief in limitless possibilities and the limiting beliefs that are holding us back and how to overcome that. But I realize now after asking that what's your Everest question to all these different age groups is that I'm not teaching anybody anything new. I'm actually just trying to get them back in touch with their five, six, seven-year-old self. When we come onto this planet, we are born with a possible mindset. We are born believing in limitless possibilities. And unfortunately, our culture and our society and societal norms actually make us dream and believe smaller within ourselves. So that what's your Everest question is a thought starter. What I realized, even for my own self at 30 whatever years old when I first climbed Everest and started asking this question, I realized, wait, I have actually climbed Everest. And I asked the question because it was my childhood dream. <laughs> but 
what's my next Everest? You know, what, what, what are my hopes and dreams and goals? And it does, it's not about achievement, right? This could be about, sure, it could be about making millions of dollars. This could be about impacting millions of lives. It could be about entrepreneurship, love, family, community. It could, there's no right answer to this question. You are the only person that can answer this question for yourself. But this what's your Everest question is a great frame on when you're diving into this psyche of the 12 hour walk, which we're going to talk to of what's my purpose? Let me just reevaluate where I'm at right now and make sure that I'm heading, trending my life in that direction. And then one last thought on that is I've asked so many people this question and there's a percentage of people. There's a lot of people that, you know, when they really think about it, they know their answer and they go either I am working towards this or, oh, man, I've given up on my hopes and dreams and I need to reorient back in that direction. But there's also a group of people, and I don't want to acknowledge, that say, but what if I don't know what my Everest is, right? What if I actually, I really soul searched, I don't. And the 12-hour walk, this invitation to take a solo walk a day in solitude, I was like, then your, then your instructions for the 12-hour walk are actually really simple. The question that I want you to ask yourself is, if I don't know what my Everest is, what is my Everest? Meaning, let me take 12 hours in solitude and silence to comb my psyche, my hopes, my dreams, my passions to try to get some more clarity on that. And I found that for so many people in that camp, they come back after 12 hours of stillness and silence going. With all the distraction of day-to-day life, I couldn't put my finger on it. But having a second alone to myself, it's clear to me that my Everest is fill in the blanks. One of the uh, one of the kind of the, the 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 only homework assignment or one of the homework assignments in this twelve hour walk from the book is this idea of at least understanding, if not thinking about, if not beginning to work through self limiting beliefs. Can you just talk for a minute on the role that self limiting beliefs play in our lives, either specific to the walk or not, and why it's so important to get some clarity around them or bring some awareness to them. Yeah. So, you know, as I've kind of, you know, been out in the world, talked to different people and asked that, what's your Everest question? And the follow-up question is, well, why aren't you there? Why aren't you on that summit? Like, you know, why, why haven't you gotten there? And I usually get uh, a list of responses. And I've asked this question to thousands of people. And you, you ask the same question to thousands of people. What's standing in the way of you living your best life? What's standing in the way of you reaching your Everest? And you think you might get a thousand unique different responses. But it turns out that I got about the same 10 responses thousands of times. Um, And so the book itself, each chapter of the book is oriented around what I found to be the 10 most common limiting beliefs. And they are, you know, as follows or handful of them are, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I'm not strong enough. What if I fail? What if people criticize me? I hate being uncomfortable. And I'm a big believer in we are the stories we tell ourselves. And we talked in our first conversation about the ability to make choices in our own minds. And if we are the stories we tell ourselves, it's you can either tell yourself a story that is full of all of these limiting beliefs, or you can reorient and reshift that mindset and shift that to that possible mindset, that belief in limitless possibilities. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that's as simple as just snapping my fingers and being like, it turns out I'm not afraid of this, or actually I have all the money in the world, or whatever that is. The 12-hour walk itself, and that's why I say this in the book, I said, read the book. You guys have read the book. It's full of adventure stories. It's exciting. It's creative. It's full of great ideas. But then I say, but do the walk, because don't just take my word for it because I wrote these words on a page that I do think are are, are sound and, and full of wisdom. It's Go get the wisdom for yourself. The things that imprint the deepest are when we have our own visceral, somatic, self-learned experience. And so the words on the page are just a primer to start thinking about limiting beliefs. And then 
you go out and do it. So I'll just give one concrete example is you're listening to this podcast right now. You hear this idea of the 12 hour walk for the first time. And you're thinking, well, I love Patrick and Ben. They're good guys. You know, they have cool guests usually, huh? This is an interesting idea. But then you go 12 hours, man, I don't have enough time for that. Mm. The 12 hour walk, the experience and the lessons from the 12 hour walk are starting right now. What I mean by right now is you're not on your 12 hour walk right now. You're listening to this podcast. But just by me suggesting this idea of a 12 hour walk, I'm holding up a mirror to you and your limiting beliefs are coming up. This comes up even for me, the inventor of the 12 hour walk who has done it multiple times. Every time I try to put it on the calendar, I'm like, oh, next Saturday. Well, next Saturday, I've got this thing. So maybe I can't, you know, whatever. What happens is that limiting belief comes up, but you push through it. You actually go to my website, 12hourwalk.com. You pick a walk date, you complete the walk and you say, oh, just because I had the initial response of I don't have enough time or what if my feet hurt or whatever else is coming up in your brain, you prove to yourself that you could push that aside. So it's not that you'll never have limiting beliefs again. It's that you've proven to yourself, not just by reading a book, but actually taking the action yourself that you are in full control of pushing aside those limiting beliefs and actually rewriting and authoring new stories about yourself. Love that. I'm gonna Ben. Do you wanna do you wanna dive into your experience? How do you, where do you wanna go next here? I feel like I want. I should interview you guys now. How you guys both did the 12 hour walk? How was it, man? We did. We're we're less than a week a week from it. Let's hear. Um, it. I want to hear all the things. Go, go ahead. It's go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> I'm into like um, endurance stuff. I've done a few Ironmans. I've done like you know these the hundred mile run things uh, with buddies. Um, Colin, man, I, I, something must have been up because this, I'm not joking. Um, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I've like the feedback. <laughs> have, it's the hardest thing I've ever, and I think I might've been under the weather. Cause I was like, so like, I couldn't like, there's something weird going on. So I'm not gonna say this is gonna, gonna be everybody's experience, but like, I couldn't open my hands during the first 45 minutes or so. Oh. Uh, my feet were killing me by like an hour in. And um, I actually, <laughs> this isn't, I, so we'll get to like, I had a lot of clarity. I had a lot of breakthroughs, but the physical aspect was so hard. I actually, um, my eyes rolled back in my head. I passed out and I got taken in an ambulance to the emergency room. What? Oh, there had to have been something going on with you. So I, let me just so, jump. Let me just jump in here for a second. So, so for those who are uninitiated, the twelve-hour walk. The goal is to walk by yourself for twelve hours. However, I do explicitly say this, which is, I don't care how far you go. This is not yeah. about. This is not about a distance. My seventy-seven-year-old mother-in-law has done the twelve-hour walk. For her, it looked like walking one time around her block, taking an hour break on her front porch, and taking another yeah. time. People like Ben, it turns out, probably pushing themselves pretty hard, trying to get fifty miles in or something like that. Um, but the it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter how far you go. It's about taking that day in stillness. But I, I'm very curious to to hear more because. Um, it certainly, it meets you right where you're at. This is not generally something that I say you have to train for ahead of time. Because I said, take as many breaks as you want, rest, take long breaks, recover, whatever that looks like, but in get, invest the 12 days, 12 hours uh, in yourself. So tell me more, like what? So okay, food, so, water, like- Yeah, what? so I yeah. did all that stuff. Well, I'm a coach, so I'm a, yeah. I'm a performance coach. I know how to, so I did, right. the, um, I did the right amount of um, all the salt, things. magnesium, pot potassium, right amount of carbohydrates and protein. I had the right amounts of water. I um, so I really think that it was like an underlying, 
um, sickness. My my daughter had 103 temperature for about five days, two days before this happened. So I think I was probably fighting off something low level. So um, okay, so there's that aspect. Like I got <laughs> I got done like, but your ones versus tens was in my head as I was doing this thing. I was like, this is gonna this is this is a one. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. On the other side, this will be. A ten will be like this amazing, and I like now I can look back on it and be like, wow, what a cool experience to be able to. I I I that I was not walking across Antarctica, nothing sim, nothing even close, and I have so like so much respect for what you did there, especially that last seventy-seven mile push to get to the end, and you were doing it in a competition setting, fighting Captain Rudd, who I mm. love that the fact that you like. At one point, you actually like, did I make him up? Yeah, like that's. I think that's so cool. Like that's like, because what a cool thing to actually make up. Like that would be like so fitting. And like this British badass special forces guy, it's so fitting. But anyway, the fact that this was, it started off as a challenging physical thing. I was sore in the beginning. Um, I had all these cool moments of clarity. Here's actually a thing that I wish I had done was, I wish I had like a little piece of paper. Like yeah. this is to write things because I was like, oh, like, oh, hold on to that. But I didn't want to pull my phone out because yep. silence and solitude and no technology. Um, but there were so many of those things that it wasn't like, here's your Everest. Here's the one thing. It was literally like two dozen things like that's, that's, um, that's meaningful. That's something that I need to make sure I have at the end of this thing. And, um, you know, it's kind of like those, you know, the alcoholics call it the moment of clarity. Yeah. It's like, I think that's kind of like what a lot of us are actually experiencing everyday life as is this, a little bit of this unclear state because we're just going either through the motions or there's so much urgency in our lives that we never get to what's actually important. And... I've never done a, I meditate every day, I do breath work, all of that, I journal and all that stuff, but I, I've i never had the experience of 12 hours of solitude, even though I've done Ironmans, which take right. almost 12 hours. And um, that's the, the quietness aspect of it. It was, that was, to me was the best and most profound aspect. And it was almost like I would be walking in the woods and I'd see somebody and they'd be like, hi, and I'd be like, I don't want to say hi. <laughs> it's going to break it. <laughs> right, right, right. But I did love that if there was one thing that I, I'll do, I will do it again. And the next thing I will do is a pen and paper um, readily at hand. But the other cool, here's the other really, I did, the, like I basically walked, um, you know, uh, two or three hours to get to a wildlife sanctuary. And I walked around that for four hours. I walked to another wildlife sanctuary and walked around that for four or five hours. And they got to the, you know, whatever it ended up being. And I did three of those things. The really cool thing was, first off, I recognized two things about when I was walking on the streets. The first one is, if there's no sidewalks, cars drive really fast and it's really scary, especially when you're kind of blurry headed. <laughs> yep. And the next is, this is, this has, I don't think this has anything to relate. It's not, but how much alcohol, empty alcohol bottles are on the side of the street? Mm. It is. That it, too. Yeah, is that, what is that? Like, I can't, for real, that's like, it, I can't, I can't get past that. It's like, funny. It's like. It's funny like weird. that. 
you know, thousands of people all over the world have, have done this. I just had a day on September 10th, we had over 2000 people from 30 some countries doing the walk again, all alone. This is an alone activity, but sometimes I organize these days where people do it collectively together. But just like you guys, I want people to go to the website, sign up and go out any day. But one of the things um, that I've consistently heard, not, not alcohol bottles specifically, but people noticing these little things in and around their neighborhood, in and around their town, whatever. Like I've lived here for 20 years and I've never noticed that a block from my house, there's this sitting in the grass or this, this per, you know, whatever. Um, and so those micro things, and it makes you realize kind of how fast paced we are moving. Um, it's a great insight about the journaling. A lot of people have asked me about that and I, hi- I highly encourage that. I think I should need to be a little bit even more explicit about that, which is just the, um, ability to capture that. Yes. The idea I tell people use common sense, you know, you know, I tell people don't be on your phone, be on your phone in airplane mode, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, Oh, but that means I can't write down something. I'm like, look, you know, that if this turns into a six hour journaling exercise that you're no longer doing the 12 hour walk, but you also know that if you're having an insight during your 12 hour walk that you want to really be able to reflect on later, I want you to be able to take that with you. I want you to be able to come back to that a week from now, a month from now, a year from now and go, right. Like that, that is a good memory. Uh, an important insight to have from that and a paper and pen, I, I highly, highly encourage um, folks to, to take in. Patrick, how about for you? What was your experience? My, I also, you know, it's funny. I, I saw Ben a couple of days ago and I was, and we hadn't caught up since. And I was like, and I, I was, I was, I'll be honest. I was hedging. Cause I was like, if he was like, oh yeah, piece of cake, no problem. It was fun. I was going to probably not be honest with him. But, but the <laughs> truth is when he told me, when he told me how, how challenging it was, I was like, Oh, good. Cause I also found that. And I didn't quite, I didn't end up in an ambulance, but I did also find physically to be it, it to be more demanding or more challenging than I anticipated. And to be totally honest, I didn't anticipate it really at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, I, I think that's like, probably one of the I biggest things walk. for me is I didn't hedge. I didn't realize yeah. like, be, it 12 was 12 hours like, on walking. feet long, 12 hours. Yeah, like, but here, long, but, but sure. within, like within about, yeah. yeah, within about an hour, hour and a half when I really started to feel it. The the th- the the thing that I thought about was oh this is what happens when like I have a little office quite literally in my backyard most of my walking is between the house to the office oh that's what happens when you don't walk very much oh that's how your feet feel oh that's how quickly your hip flexors start to fire so for me it was just a really good reminder that as healthy as I am you know get workouts. I, like walking is not a big part of my life. And so I, it was actually a really nice reminder to stop that and to fix that. Cause it's, it was, it, it was surprising. Um, but yeah, so it was physically challenging. I think one thing to Ben's point and to what you guys were just saying about the, the reflection, one thing that I found that I really liked. So I would do like a two hour walk or two hour block. And then like a 15 minute break mm-hmm. where I'd, you know, eat a little snack. I, and I did my, I, my walk was all uh, up and down the coastline where I live. So I was up and down the beach for the whole day. And so I would sit and stare at the ocean. And I found that the 15 minutes, it was the most clarity I would get. So the two hours would be like, I'd, I'd start with the thought, I'd start with the questions, I'd think. But then, you know, I life, ha- you know, your brain goes in 414 different directions and I start thinking about work and whatever. But then I would sit and I, it would bring it all back and I'd say, okay, I remember why I'm here. And I'd actually had the book on me. So I'd flip through the book a little bit just to, again, just to kind of focus myself. And then I'd found the, the next 30 minutes, the next 40 minutes of kind of that next chunk would be really focused and really clear. And then I'd kind of continue that cycle or continue that cycle um, throughout the the entire 12 hours. And for that, or, 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 and, and that to me was the, 
the real benefit of it was those moments of sitting, ironically enough, were the places where I, I found myself having the moments of clarity. And if I'd had a notebook, that's where I would have been jotting things down and trying to remember them. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like the the walking kind of primed your mind and then you sat down yeah. uh, with it and, it and it really opens yeah. up. Yeah, so. so I would actually like if I if I did again or when I do it again, I would probably do those breaks every hour. Mm. One to reduce a little bit of the, the physical challenge, which again, that's fine. I'm not scared of it. I do it again. But to actually increase the moments where that where my mind can kind of like settle in. What have I been thinking about? What have I been circling in on? What do I want to send myself back out with? You know, what question do I want to send right. myself back out with? Yeah, oh, I love that. I love that. How did how did you find the the silence and solitude? Was that sort of unfamiliar for you? Have you spent time in, in silence and solitude? Was that longer, shorter than things you've done in the uh, past? That was yeah. For me, I mean, I think Ben and I are very similar in that we we're attracted to that anyways, and we we seek that out in in whatever ways maybe we can. Uh, though of course we both have young kids and, and so silence is difficult to get, go by. So I would say that that was certainly the longest stretch for me. Mm -hmm. It was, and it wasn't, it wasn't the challenge. It was, it was actually, it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was the best part was the turning of turning things off was the listening to myself, paying attention to where I was circling around and paying attention to um, the insights I was having or the connections I was making to me, that was far and away. The best part was literally having that time and that space to wander mentally, but also to, to, to pay attention and to be able to narrow in on where that wandering was bringing me. I love that. The, it, you know, I've received a lot of different thoughts, feedback, people sharing their, their insights and things with me. And, one that I hear commonly, which re reflects a little bit of what you said, which is sounds like you didn't have that sort of anxiety or fear of being alone, which is great. But a lot of people initially go in and say, oh, what I was most nervous about is 12 hours alone in silence in my own head. What was I going to find in there? But almost unequivocally, people come back and they go, that was the gift. Like that was the gift of this thing. And, and I, I certainly feel the same. The reason I'm so passionate about sharing this with the world is for that reason, is for the reason that we live in a busy, noisy world. And that that's the, that, that's the way it is. But there's so much to be mined in there from being able to take that moment. You know, guys like yourself with, with young kids, busy lives, busy jobs, phones, emails, all the things. Um, and again, like I said before, not not to spend every single day of your life in abject silence, but to just be like, it's a good check in with people. And the amount of people that say, I was worried I was going to be so bored. It was going to feel like it was forever, whatever. And they get to the end. They're like, look, my feet are tired. I'm ready to be done walking because my body yeah. is tired. But yeah. they're not necessarily ready to be done with the silence or desperately grasping at, oh my God, like it's actually like, oh, it almost like yeah. it, it actually opens up for people. There's so many people I've actually had going, they were like 10 hours in, I didn't have the breakthrough that I hoped to have. But from hour, you know, 11 or 1130 into the last 30 minutes, I finally was like, oh, and like to have some massive release or some, you know, crying or tears or laughter or catharsis. Um, and so again, the experience is definitely different for everyone. But so many people now have done this from different cultures, different backgrounds, different walks of life. And that actually the connection back to silence seems to be an overwhelmingly positive part of, of this entire yeah. thing. And that's, I would say maybe one last thing, and Ben, I'm curious if your experience was the same, which is, so it's been maybe four or five days uh, since I did the walk close to when Ben did it as well. And I actually found one of the benefits that I didn't expect is I, I opened a lot of mental loops over the course of those 12 hours. And 
that in and of itself, like one, it's hard to open all the, like it's hard to get to those questions or, or start thinking about those limiting beliefs, but not really being like, you can't fix them. You can't just be like, oh, done. <laughs> Like, got it. I've identified it and now it's gone. And one of the challenges, but also one of the nice things has been in the last couple of days, returning just in regular life, returning to those thoughts, returning to those questions and keeping them front of mind. And it's nice in that I don't know that I would have done, I would have gotten there without the 12 hours, but the 12 hours didn't fix it. The 12 hours really just uh, uh, opened the door for me to continue to think about it and continue to actually work on those things more specifically in everyday life uh, as I go, th go throughout my day. Yeah, and I think that the, well, another thing that I found from folks, I in invite people to take a video right beforehand and a video right after. Um, to, you know, Some people share it on social, whatever, but it's for people to just have, just like you said, the jotting down of a pen and pencil, just uh, something to sort of like, okay, set an intention and something to look back on afterwards. What I have found is that people have said, oh, I recorded that video right when I finished, but I was actually just like, pretty tired and hungry, <laughs> like ready to be back inside and whatever. And so there, you know, some really, some definitely some emotional, beautiful videos, but then people send me a video a day or two later and they go, I slept and my mind kept working through the things that had been opened up. And now a day later, a week later, those, the insights, the ripple effect of this continue to happen. And, and it's been said by, you know, many, uh, you know, sort of meditation folks and people like that, or people that go on retreats or go on vision quests. It's like the experience of the vision quest or the meditation retreat or whatever, while it's happening is powerful, but the really, uh, the way you gauge the success of that, so to speak, is how you integrate that lesson afterward, right? Like how you actually take that back into your day-to-day -day life. And so, I know I even say this at the end of the 12-hour walk, I say, my next Everest is to inspire 10 million people to take the 12-hour walk. But I go further and say, but why? It's not because like, I don't get a dollar for everyone. This thing's free. It's accessible. It's out your front door. It's not like I, I, there's some you know incentive like that way to get it. It's that I believe after people take this walk and then continue to integrate that into their lives, they become better themselves. They become better community members, better spouses, better parents. Um, and more lit up, living more passion and purpose-filled life. And so it's taking this walk to invest this day in yourself, as a subtitle suggests, but so that it unlocks your best life, so that it unlocks what do you do the day after, the week after, the month after with those lessons, with those loops, as you say, that have been opened up in your mind. And that's really the the, the magic in it is that integration. I yeah, I would, I would um, put in a, a um, additional piece for people that are about to embark on this thing or they listen to this podcast or they buy the book and they they're going to go do this and that is that when you set out so you set an intention and as um patrick said it there was a lot of the loops that opened up and as con as you mentioned like it, it can it can alleviate what is my everest and what is my purpose and what is my passion I think that what can end up happening, and this is a, we talk about this a lot about meditation, if you try, and I fell into the trap, if you try too hard, finding those aha moments end up being like trying to pick up a slippery bar of slope where you're like, you're trying to force it. And I, that's where I was in the beginning of the walk. And I think that's probably why a lot of people might not get there until hour 10 or 1130 is you want to like, okay, now I'm. Here's the uh, here's yeah. the light bulb. Here's yeah. the moment. Here's I'm gonna find my purpose, and it's one of those things that if you if you don't try, and you just allow it to happen, I think you're more likely to have a more transformative experience than 
um, forcing it to like, it's like quiet mind, quiet yeah. mind, quiet mind when you're meditating. It's almost like the, uh, you know, I love this analogy. It's been said many times, but it's like, you know, we're, we're human beings, not human doings. We spend so much time doing, 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 doing. I'm doing the thing to get the result of the whatever. And again, for me who have done this, has spent a lot of time in solitude. I still find this every time I do the 12 hour walk is those first few hours. Like I still have that monkey mind. Like you said, I'm like, oh, the to-do list, the work thing, the thing about the thing, the guy I got a call about the thing. And like, you know, and eventually when you finally let go of the doing or as you're, as you're pointing out the outcome, you know, it's like the archerist who's like staring at the bulls. I got to hit that. I so focused or whatever. And so much of that practice is about sort of letting go and just letting the flow um, happen, right? Being present with that. And that's actually where the breakthroughs, but it's also a fun practice because you have to push up against your own edges, right? You actually have to go, oh, right, I'm forcing this or I'm trying to manufacture this. And the lesson is actually like, nah, man, just walk in silence, see what happens. And that it's hard. It's, that sounds so simple, right? It's like, that's why you guys joke like, oh, the title of your book is what it says. It's 12 hour walk. Like, hey, great a whole book about that. You can also write one sentence about it. Go on a walk by yourself alone. Um, <laughs> and, but it is harder than you would think, which we all, I think we all agree to just go on a walk by yourself in silence. Like the instructions are so simple that like our minds are like, yeah, but, and then I had to do the 10 exercises and the thing about the thing. I mean, it's like, no, man, just it was, observe your breath. It, That's it, it. it was, <laughs> it was so like, it was so simple and it sounds so besides like the, you know, for people in our, our, that listen to us, we're really active. They're go-getters, they're type A's, they're all that. So besides like the scheduling aspect, I think people are gonna be like, yeah, I can walk for 12 hours. That's not that big of a thing. And it was like coming from you, when I got the book, I was like, I was like, no, Colin, like you can do so much more. You can do so much more than walk 12 hours. I know you can. And it was like, but that's not the purpose. And if I was to do it again, that, you know, I Patrick, you alluded to this. I would slow down way more. I would like, yeah. that's where the, that's when the magic happened. What I realized on, on top of, you know, how fast cars go and how much alcohol there is on the side of the streets is when I was in nature, every single time I, every now and then I would just stop. And every single time I stopped, and I don't know if it was because I was stopping because of this. Maybe I caught something in the corner of my eye. I would see something beautiful every single time. Every single time I stopped, I was like, oh my gosh, look at that woodpecker. I was like, it is, it's like a, it's like a, you know, a, a 15 inch woodpecker. That's amazing. That's, there's a dirty joke in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But it was like amazing. And then I saw like, you know, three deer that were, you know, like just, you know, 10 feet from me, which I didn't see until I stopped. And it was like, oh my gosh, look at, there's a snake, there's a bee, look at the flower. It was like, and I would just go so, I wouldn't go about this. This is again, a piece of advice for our audience. Um, the night before my wife was like, kids, how far do you think daddy's gonna go? And that was like, okay, now I have to, I have to go that far. Right. And that, that was the um, the antithesis of the purpose. They didn't anticipate the mileage. You're going to also go in the ambulance as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, but it was like uh, when I was in this kind of like my body wasn't hurting, that was the beauty. And that's where it came to light and it came flooding in. So I would just really encourage people to, um, you know, as Patrick said, you know, kind of more like a 
45 on 15 off or whatever and I, the and right I, thing is. And I think that that's great advice, particularly for, you know, obviously I'm cut from a similar cloth as you guys, you know, endurance sport, you know, world records, push my body, whatever. And it's, I, I love your reflection of like, what do you mean, Colin? You can walk a lot more than 12 hours. We yeah. literally don't. You showed us all you can do that, you know, whatever. <laughs> There's no 375 pound sled. And I love that you've run a hundred miles multiple times. I love that you've completed multiple Ironmans. I'm proud of the things that I've done in my life like that. And it is so easy to look at this and put that in the same bucket and go, oh, this yeah, is an easier right. version of an Ironman, whatever. And the truth is, and I love that you've come to this insight on your own, is that like, actually, actually, this is just a different thing. This is, I'm not saying don't do the hundred miler. Don't, you know, do the Ironman. I'm just saying, this is this is not that. This is a different practice um, that has an extremely valuable and beautiful life changing benefit. Um, but it's also what I love to say is that this twelve hour walk meets you right where at. And I've done this again. Obviously, people individually are always doing this, but I've done it with different types of groups, and I've done it with the group of people. I mean, facilitated. I mean, I facilitated larger groups of people doing this that are cut from the same mold, the endurance athlete type. And it's so funny how the dialogue, because I start these WhatsApp groups and people are talking about how far are you going to go? How are you going to do this? What's your hydration? Da, 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 da. And I've also done this with groups of people who are, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old, don't have an orientation towards athletics. This is way outside the box for them. And there's some nervousness about the physicality, but the conversation ends up being about something so different because they don't have the model built in for their personality. Neither is right or wrong, right? And that it's just to say that people approach this differently and then push up against of who they are. Like you found out for yourself that it turns out that you're externally motivated by what your kids' expectations of you are, which makes sense as an endurance athlete. And then a reflection being like, oh, maybe I missed a little bit of the point here. Or to, to Patrick's point of, huh, it was within the stillness, it was within the moments in between that I actually gained the most insight. And I, I think that that's powerful for each one of us, no matter who, how we fall on that sort of personality spectrum, to feel into the edges of this because we all feel it differently, but there's certainly something to be gained for all of us. All right, Colin, we got to let you go. You got to move on with your day. You got to talk to some more folks about 12 hour walk. Uh, thank you so very much uh, for joining us. Thank you very much for this book. Again, it's called the 12 hour walk, uh, 12 hour If folks want to learn more. Yeah. 12, pick up the book, 12 hour I invite everyone to sign up when you sign up. Uh, you know, psychology says that when you actually put something on your calendar, it's like 99% more likely that you're actually going to do it. So go on the website, pick a date. Um, I, I'll, sh I'll show up in your inbox as your accountability partner as we count down towards nice. that date. Um, and I also created an app that that um, helps track your walk. Uh, it works in airplane mode. It's so that you're you're not lost. It tracks, you know, afterwards, you can see all the places you walk and how far you went. But more than anything, it helps you guide you um, in airplane mode. Because people go, oh, but I got to still look at Google Maps. They look at Google Maps, they get 10 new notifications and they respond to their text messages and, and it breaks the silence. And so I've, I've taken that off the table for you. So go to the website, sign up for the walk, um, read the book. And um, I look forward to hearing from all of you about how your experience is. It's been such a pleasure to be here with both of you. And um, glad to hear that you had a good experience. And I also so glad to hear both of you when you said when I do the walk next time uh, that makes me happy because I found more often again I haven't put that in people's mind but honestly that's one of the most common feedbacks is people go oh this is now a a, a quarterly practice for me this is now a yearly practice for me uh, a reset a, a tool that I now have in my toolkit to continue to grow and improve and reset um, when my body mind and spirit needs it thank you Colin Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and reviews. Ben and I will be back next week with another episode of Chasing Excellence.
You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.